This is the Tao of Christ, and I'm Marsha Davis. In this podcast, I explore the mystical roots of Christianity, which Jesus called the Kingdom of God, which church historian Evelyn Underhill called the Unit of Life, and which Richard Rohr calls the Universal Christ, and which I refer to as Christian non-duality, unitive awareness, or union with God. This is the Tao of Christ. Good morning, this is Marshall Davis. Last week I had three Zoom meetings during which I spoke about Christian non-duality. Two of them were with individuals and one was with a church group. As I was speaking, one insight kept appearing. It was that all of us on these Zoom meetings were one. It was seen clearly that the ones speaking and the ones listening are the same one. And as I spoke, the feeling that accompanied this insight was palpable. That we are one, and there's only one. Now this, of course, is not a a new insight. It is the core of non-duality, but it came across so clearly that I was thinking about it for days afterwards. As I pondered this, a biblical depiction of God came to mind, especially in the name for God. Now, usually when I talk about the Hebrew name for God, I'm talking about the the word Yahweh, the name revealed to Moses at the burning bush, which is normally translated I am or I am that I am. Here I'm talking about the other common word for God in the Hebrew scriptures, which is the word Elohim. From a scholarly point of view, these two divine names are important. The two different words for God represent different layers in the Hebrew text. Different parts of the Bible were written at different times and in different places by different authors, and later then were intertwined together. And biblical scholars now try to untangle the strands, in part by seeing which word for God is used where. Now, I find the history of the text fascinating, but I'm not going to go any further into that. But I do want to explore this Hebrew word for God, Elohim. It's a very interesting name for the divine. It is, in itself, an expression of non-duality. It is a plural word. The ending im is, is a plural ending in Hebrew, and yet it functions as singular. For example, the opening words of the Bible are in Hebrew, Bereshit bara Elohim et hashamayim ve'et ha'eretz. In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And the subject, Elohim, is plural, but the verb, bara, created, is singular. So God here is both plural and singular. One in many. Many in the one, non-dual is another important passage in this part of Genesis where God creates humans. It says, Then God said, Let us make humankind in our image according to our likeness. So God, Elohim, refers to himself, themself, God-self, in the plural. Now sometimes this is explained away as the royal we as if God were like the Queen of England, referring to herself in the plural. But there's more going on here 
than this. Christians have said that this is evidence of the Trinity in the Old Testament, but that is reading Christian theology back into a Jewish text. This is not the Christian Trinity hiding out in the ancient Hebrew scriptures, but the Christian Trinity and this divine Hebrew plural are both evidence of the plurality unity of God. God is one, yet more than one, not a singular one, but non-duality that includes multiplicity. This biblical non-duality points to non-dual awareness. This is where biblical references connect to non-dual reality. There is one self, one world soul, you could call it. We all are it. We all are one. You who are listening to me are me. I am you. We are the same. We are one. The persistent delusion of humanity is thinking that we are not one, that we are separate. Now on the relative level, of course it is true that we have separate bodies with distinct personalities, but in essence we are one. We are all connected in a larger spiritual reality, a larger spiritual body, you could say, just like many cells of our human body are all one body. The Apostle Paul actually uses this metaphor of the body and talking about us as the body of Christ, saying that we are each different parts of the body, but we are all part of this one body of Christ. Now we can look at it another way. We're all part of the earth. We came from the earth and we are made of the elements of the earth and we return to earth. We are always physically earth though. The same earthly atoms or molecules are recycled over and over again in various life forms. It's a sort of physical reincarnation, you might say. The molecules that were part of the body of Alexander the Great or Julius Caesar or the Buddha or Jesus may be part of my body now. Spiritually, we are all one with each other and one with God. The creation story in the second chapter of Genesis says that humans were made from the dust of the earth and that God breathed the divine breath into the human and the human became a living being. The word used here for breath is the same as the word for spirit. The spirit of God, the breath of God, resides in humans and gives us life. The word for God used in this part of Genesis is Yahweh, which is actually itself the sound of a breath. It is the in-breathing and out-breathing expressed in the word. That's where the word originated. So this one life is breath and it is I am. The perception that we are separate and different from one another is illusion. We are one. There is one divine spirit and we are it. 
when this is realized in consciousness, it is then expressed in love in our life. This is the, the source of what Jesus calls the two great commandments that he says sums up and fulfills all the biblical commandments. These are the commands to love God with a whole being, to love our neighbor as ourselves. That includes loving our enemies according to Jesus. So this is unconditional love. Self-realization, realizing that we are one self, makes unconditional love not only possible, but natural. It is the natural expression of who and what we are. We love others because we are others. Love of others can be seen as a form of self-love. We love our neighbors as ourselves because they are ourselves. We love God with our whole being, with our whole self, because God is our true self. We love God with all of our heart and mind and soul and strength because our heart and mind and soul and strength are God's. This is the soul returning home, you could say. Love is the natural expression of Christian non-duality. This love is not limited even to fellow human beings because in essence we are more than human. We are every being on this planet. In the Genesis creation story, after Elohim says, let us make humankind in our image according to our likeness, it continues and says, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over the creatures and over all the earth and over every crawling thing that crawls on the earth. Now this verse has been badly distorted and misused in Western Christian civilization. It does not mean to dominate in a destructive way. It means to care for. It is a, another form of love. We are to love and care for the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky and the creatures of the earth and every crawling thing that crawls on the earth. This is how far Western Christianity has fallen from its biblical roots. We are to love the earth and all the creatures of the earth because we are the earth and all the creatures of the earth. There is one divine being expressed in all beings, all life forms and even forms that are not life. All of the universe, animate and inanimate, is us. This seemingly separate and objective reality is us. We are one. We love this reality with our whole being because it is our whole being. There's one more point I want to bring out of this creation story. It ends saying, so God created humans in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female, he created them. Here is male and female being expressed as the image of God. So this Elohim is not a big male ego in the sky, the way God is so often depicted. This divine self is imaged 
in male and female. The singular God uses the pronoun them. It seems to me that a variety of gender and sexual identities is being expressed here in this Genesis story. This biblical God, which is so often assumed to be exclusively masculine, is here described with the inclusive pronouns of us and our. Elsewhere in the Bible, God is described with feminine terms and imagery. The increasingly common use of the pronoun they and them as singular in American society points to inclusiveness that includes all people. This name of God Elohim is the same sort of inclusiveness. It includes all genders in the divine self. We are one. This oneness is expressed in unconditional love. As I mentioned at the beginning, this topic was prompted by the sense of oneness that I had when on Zoom meetings, when seeing that all of us that I could see on the screen there are one. The spiritual life is not an individual quest for salvation or enlightenment or awakening or something like that, even though we tend to make it into that. It is about all of us together discovering that we are all one. We are all in this together. We are one with each other and one with God. Self-realization is not just about realizing that I am one with God. It is realizing that we are one with God and each other. That is it for today. Grace and peace to you. That is the Tao of Christ for today. Thank you for listening. You can access other episodes of this podcast at thedowofchrist.com. You can also find these podcasts in video format at my YouTube channel at christiannonduality.net. My blog, Spiritual Reflections, can be found at marshalldavis.us. There you will also find a link to my books and my email address. Join me next time for another episode of The Tao of Christ.